Today we discuss Cargyle Cook and whether technical communication is a profession at all. Welcome to TPC Newbie. Hey guys, and welcome to the first episode of TPC Newbie. I am your host. My name is Emily Kuzner, and I will be leading you on my journey uh, to receive my master's in technical and professional communication. The purpose of my podcast is just to provide a weekly overview of the things that I'm learning in my class to assess those and kind of get your feedback as industry professionals. So I currently work in marketing. I work full-time in marketing for a university and I use aspects of technical communication in my uh, position, but I'm going to be totally honest with you. I am not a technical communicator. Um, so some of you have uh, gotten your undergraduate degree in technical communication, maybe gone on to get your master's. That's super cool. Uh, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my journey. So I kind of wanted to make this podcast to learn a little bit more about what other technical communicators think about the uh, education that I'm receiving in technical, com- excuse me, technical and professional communication. Uh, you can tweet at me at Emily TPC. That's just at E M I L Y T P C. My name is super common. I did not have hippie parents. Um, they told me they named me after, <clears throat> I think, the wife on Bob Newhart's show. I, I don't know if that's true or not. They just told me that. So, Anyway, this week I am, um, we're reading this book, Solving Problems in Technical Communication by John Dan Johnson, Ilola, I'm so sorry if I got that wrong, uh, my last name is Kuzner, K-U-Z-N-A-R, Kuzner, no one has ever gotten that right in my entire life, so if I did get that wrong, I am really sorry, um, This week we're reading a really cool piece by Kelly Cargyle Cook. It features three other excerpts from technical communication professionals. It sort of showcases their journey from student to professional. Two of them got undergraduate degrees. One, Miss Emily Cook, received her master's. Uh, So that's pretty great. Anyway... This article, aside from the, or this piece, aside from the portions about the three professionals and sort of the essay portions that they write, uh, addresses the issues technical communication faces when being categorized as a profession. Now, this is really interesting to me. Um, I kind of had my strongest reaction to Cargo Cook's piece from reading the omission that uh, technical communication scholars have hotly debated whether our discipline is a profession at all. So guys, when I read this, to be honest, I felt it was a super bold assessment. Um, It was thought-provoking, but it was bold. It was like saying, you know that chick down the street? She thinks she's hot shit, but guess what? She ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just felt felt really gossipy. Um, Like, we were gossiping about technical communication, but just like in the public eye. Uh, So, you know, what kind of triggered this reaction for me was... I guess my naivete, to use a hoity-toity word, toward defining technical communication as a true profession, right? So my thought is that there are technical communicators, 
right? There's people whose profession is to be a technical communicator. Thus, technical communication is a profession. So I made this assumption and uh, the piece goes on then to detail the necessary requirements for technical communication to become a profession. So these requirements include, I'm going to list them for you, accepting a definition, a code of ethics, and consensus of competencies. So each of these requirements are um, used to show ways technical communication is working uh, as a profession, right? Or, or it's used to establish it as a profession. They're not there yet, though. Let's be real. Like, we can't define technical communication in my class. We were given the assignment to do so, and everyone kind of said, and I'm generalizing here, um, but they, this consensus was kind of that, here's my definition as of right now. I don't have a specific definition, but here's what I think. And I'm actually, again, tweet at me at EmilyTPC on Twitter. And guys, I, I'm going to be super full disclosure with you. I have not used my Twitter in a professional manner, which is not to say I'm like posting nudes, not, not happening. Um, but what I will say is I just tweet every once in a while about random stupid stuff that I think is cool and there's no real consensus thought, but I want to parlay that into talking more about technical communication and, and things that I'm learning about in my master's program and kind of connecting with you. Maybe I'll find Kelly Cargill Cook out there. I'll tweet at her. I'll be like, what's up, girl? I read your stuff. It was thought-provoking. Um, anyway, so tweet at me kind of what you think. You work in technical communication. How do you define it? So uh, let's get back to this. So Carga Cook's piece goes on to explain the cultural and her, uh, historic ideas of a profession. So this section for me demonstrated the clearest rationale to technical communication not being a profession. Um, it explains uh, professions. I'm going to read this to you. I thought this part was cool. So professions historically and culturally connect closely with a specific idea excuse me, identified audience, I suddenly forgot how to read. It's, it's going to be a rough one. Uh, develop a sense of social responsibility toward the audience and others and have an ethical awareness that guides and directs their professional identity. Uh, I think the explanation of cultural and historical identity helped me probably the most in assessing technical communications categorization. At this point, I'm, I don't totally... Um, know how to dis define technical communication uh, as far as historical and cultural rationale goes. Like, I'm not able to do that. But the text uses the profession of physician. So uh, it kind of walks through each area of the historical and cultural identity of a physician to show just how that individual is, or that profession, is recognized um, their social responsibilities and ethical systems. And it was really cool because if we can say, okay, this is what a professional does, or this is what a profession does to be recognized as a profession, and this is then take that same assessment and now fill in technical communication, I'm going to be real. I'm finding it really hard to do. I think a lot of the issues with that is... I'm finding that technical communication is extremely subjective. 
there are such a broad, uh, there's a broad use of technical communicators amongst a wide array of fields. Um, you know, there's medical, there's engineering, there's um, industrial, like people who, you know, I don't totally know, guys, I'm just shooting from the hip here, but people who work in writing manuals for products and that kind of thing. Um, they're technical communicators, but they may work for a person who produces industrial griddles, let's say. So it's just so varied that I feel like it's so subjective. Like if I'm a physician, right, I know the skills that a physician should have um, and the steps that the profession of physician, medical physician has taken to become a profession. Okay, that's easy to define for even me. And I've never opened up a medical book. Okay, I've got some heavily educated medical professionals in my family. But me, I work in marketing. That's right. Uh, so anyway, they talk about in this text, it's kind of interesting, the steps to becoming a profession. There's three steps, they say. Accepting a definition. Techcom. We gotta get together and figure out a definition. A code of ethics. Okay. I don't know. We gotta get together and talk about our code of ethics. Like, what do we accept? Like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Let's get to, <laughs> let's get to the root of this, okay? Um, consensus of competencies is the third. So that's kind of what what skills does a technical communicator possess? And it lays out four skills that a tech comm person should have. So they have excellent communication skills, collaborative skills, interview skills, and affinity for technology being the last one. Now, in each time we read a text, right, we're going to kind of disagree with stuff, right? And if we're cognitively reading that text and we're, we're reading it, and I think it speaks to the culture of where we are as a society today, right? We are so truth seekers. We don't believe everything that's said to us because we're taught we shouldn't. Um, we're in this kind of cultural shift where we don't trust as easily because we, you know, we see these memes right now, or not memes necessarily, but these images of, uh, so right now, so it's, it's um, September 23rd, 2018. We've just had a hurricane, Florence, hit the East Coast, uh, down by the Carolinas. I'm not super good with geography, so I can't tell you the specific areas. I apologize. Um, but we've seen a lot of imagery of the press, so to speak, kind of like kneeling in the water, standing there like dramatically and trying to show that like oh, this storm is extremely bad. So uh, I think that takes us back to this idea that we're in this space and time that we want to question things. And maybe we could argue that we never left that space and time. But I, I feel that more so than ever right now in 2018, we're questioning things a lot heavier than we used to. So when we read things, we should question them. We should wonder about them. So maybe we should find issue with them. Not in like an argumentative way, more so in a, it helps your cognitive thought and your knowledge of things to question, right? So one major issue I had with Cargo Cook's text was when they started defining the skills a technical communicator should possess. Uh, so defining these skills is key to the consensus of competencies, right? So we go back to that steps to becoming a profession. Um, so the piece lists these four skills and the last one is affinity for technology. 
And I don't know what it is. And again, tweet at me at Emily Kuzner TPC on Twitter. And you can tell me I'm wrong as hell. And like, whatever. I'm, you guys, I'm super cool with it. Like, okay. Um, but I feel that that affinity for technology is just far too ambiguous for me. Um, as someone who uses technical communication within my job function, because let me give you a little, little, little background about me. Uh, I work in marketing okay, at a university, but my background is in web. So I worked in web design a lot and I used to always kind of feel like I worked in the Tower of Babel or on the Tower of Babel uh, where you have your developers who speak certain code languages, you have your content, people who want to try to write for the audience, the target audience, you have your um, search engine people who <laughs> are always sitting there applying dollars amounts to clicks and all that kind of craziness. So I worked in this field of web and I just think that it's too ambiguous to say that you have to have an affinity for technology to be successful or to have the skill as a technical communicator. I think someone who is a technical communicator like myself who's worked in this field, um, you need to have more of a sophistication for technology than just an affinity. Again. Guys, tweet at me if you don't agree. I'm, I'm, let's do it. Um, but an affinity is only going to get you so far, in my opinion, right? I have an affinity towards this. I really admire this. I think this is cool. But can you really do it? You know, I might have an affinity toward uh, painting, okay? Right? I have this natural draw to be a painter. But can I paint? I don't know. Maybe I'm just drawing stick figures and I'm taking one of those, like, old-school paint palettes, you know, like those plasticky Crayola ones with the, like the lid that lids off. I'm like dipping it in like a Dixie cup and like this water and you know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. Okay. So that doesn't really make me a painter, right? I'm not good at painting, right? Just like an affinity for painting doesn't make you good at painting. An affinity for technology doesn't make you sophisticated with technology. And I kind of think you need to be because as we look at techcom, as a field, we really rely on technology to further it, and it's utilized as such a tool, right? We use technology, whether it be a software program like the greatest software program in the world, Adobe Creative Suites. Tweet at me. I'm good. At Emily Kuzner, or no, Emily TPC on Twitter. Tweet at me. Tell me Adobe Creative Suite isn't the greatest software compilation ever made. Um, I will argue you under a table. It is the greatest. But uh, no, seriously, I whatever you think is great is wonderful. I just love the uh, Adobe Creative Suite. Um, but I, you know what I mean? It's, uh, what do you think? It's, it's like, I don't know why it takes an issue with that. It's just things we get caught up on. So, um, but anyway, so let's wrap it up. I could ramble for days. Let's, let's wrap it up. So this is, uh, this is the first two weeks or so of uh, my journey on getting my master's in technical and professional communication. I am an intro to TechCom. Uh, we are reading Solving Problems in Technical Communication, edited by John Dan Johnson. Lola, I'm so sorry. Um, if you haven't read it, I guess give it a read. I'm only partway through it, so I can't give it a solid review. But I think where we're really struggling right now is really defining te technical communication as a field. Um, 
and I'm finding that it's just so embedded across fields that that's really tough to do. So if you have any thoughts on that, tweet at me at EmilyTPC on Twitter. Uh, otherwise, guys, this has been TPC Newbie, my journey from apprentice to master of technical and professional communication. Uh, have a hell of a week, and we'll reconvene next week. Later.